Hey guys. How we doing? Yeah, gather around. Get close. It's okay. Sheesh, come on over. Yeah, I said sheesh. Sometimes you gotta drop a sheesh bomb to start the episode. Episode 224. Oh, this just feels right. This is the right moment to record. You listening right now, my precious listeners, you're in the right headspace for this bullshit, so let's do it. I'm going to kick it off with this proclamation. I know the key to happiness. I know it. If you're searching for it, I know it. You're probably thinking, Josh, you sons of bitch, how do you know the key to Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, enough profanity, okay? Just say, Josh, how do you know the key to happiness? And I'll tell you right now, it's because I'm a too short fan, always have been a too short fan. And too short on many of his songs talks about getting in where you fit in. In life, get in where you fit in. It's simple, right? But I've known that message for a long time because I had a lot of those short dog albums, a lot of them. Even the one when he promised he was done. He's like, final album, album number 10, I'm all done, folks. And he wasn't, but that sold a lot of copies. Just like the death of Superman, not knowing he would come back. That was supposed to be a big comic book. We got to get it. It's a collector's item. The death of Superman. Oh, okay, he's back. I guess uh, that didn't mean much, but too short. Album number 10. It's getting close to the end, y'all. So we're going to kick it like this on my last album. I think I was like 13 years old. I was like, it's his last album memorizing every lyric. It was easy to memorize rap back then because rap songs rhymed. Have you noticed how shitty rap is nowadays? It doesn't even rhyme. It's not just the mumbling. But it doesn't even rhyme. These freestylers, they don't rhyme. Isn't that the one requirement for rap? Rhyme? It's just headache music now. Oh my God, I'm so old. I just had that real raw realization that I can't listen to new rap. Oh my God, no wonder. No wonder I can't. I became an old man. Oh, this is refreshing now. At least I know. I mean, it's probably great music to the teens. But now I know I prefer... The sounds of Short Dog to Short Todd Shaw, and the message was clear. Short Dog in the house, I know you ain't tripping, cause life is too short, you gotta get in where you fit and stop looking for what you never seem to find. It ain't what you think, you gotta read between the lines. First of all, the sax in the background is so sick, so tight. What are the other words I can use to show my age? So dope. But when he lets you know short dogs in the house, all right, so he knows you're not tripping because life is too short. You got to get in where you fit in. Stop looking for what you never seem to find. It ain't what you think you got to read between the lines. I mean, what? Hello, Socrates? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? This genius. And every other lyric, by the way, is about smoking blunts and having sex with hoes. But I'm just going to focus on the profound wisdom of getting where you fit in. Something simple like that. It's even the title of one of his albums, I think. Get in where you fit in. There's a large percentage of people that are not doing that. They're trying to squeeze into a space that doesn't fit. They're trying to stay in a relationship with someone that it's not a match. It's not a match. You're trying to work that job, that dead-end job, knowing it doesn't reflect your skill set, but it's a paycheck and you're getting by. Just getting by. Hey, just getting by is fine, actually. In a world full of suffering, if you're just getting by, you're probably ahead of the game. And ahead of a lot of people. But Too Short wants us to know life's too short for all of that. It's too short for all of that. So, get in where you fit in. 
which means that's the key to happiness. When you actually find your lane and whatever that lane is, it exists. I truly believe that. As a teacher, I believe that. Every single kid in that class can find their path, even if it's a kid that does no work and might not even get a diploma. Just straight Fs. I still think in the back of my mind, it'll happen. That kid will find something and they go, okay, I like this. I'm good at this. I'm good at this because there's no better feeling than admitting that. And it doesn't mean you're bragging. doesn't mean you're conceited. But to say you're good at something, pause right now. Just pause. Ask yourself, what are you really good at? The weird thing is we don't admit it a lot because it sounds like boasting. Most people are bad at taking compliments and most people don't just outwardly say, hey, you know what I'm good at? You know what I'm very good at? Well, if you could do that for a living, if you could do something, if your career surrounds something that you're just good at, you're naturally good at, I think that's the key to happiness. It feels good because in America, you got to work. You got to spend so many hours punching a clock, but don't make it feel like you're punching a clock. Waiting on retirement for that gold watch about Schmidt the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, it's not how we should live. So how should we live? You got to get in where you fit in. Super simple lyric. I think we all fit somewhere. I think we do. And we could get messed up by family dysfunction, drugs, and alcohol. I mean, that path can get real crooked in a hurry. But innately, everybody can get in where they fit in. That's not my philosophy. I'm not even going to take credit. We all know whose philosophy that is. It's too short. Trying to make money doing all he can. Selling dope. Don't you hope he would go to class? But the boy makes money and he makes it fast. With the 20s on top and the 50s on bottom. A flock of top notches. Oh, yes, we got them. It's been a long time since I first got down. But I still keep making these funky sounds. Get your money, man. Get yours. You can't miss getting while the getting is good. Make it simple. Make it rhyme, first of all, and then make it simple. Get yours. Get while the getting is good. Pretty simple. Thank you, Todd. He also once dropped a lyric that he knew a bitch named Stephanie and she'd do anything she could to have sex with me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, are you Mensa genius? Like what level of a beautiful, brilliant mind do you have to attain before you drop the lyric? I once knew a bitch named Stephanie and that bitch would do anything she could to have sex with me. And as I was listening to that, compact disc with those big bold words parental advisory explicit lyrics i just looked up at the heavens and i said this guy gets it this guy just gets it we should all be so lucky and we all don't get to use that word okay for females i'm talking about that word i'm focused on but in the context of a song if you're quoting todd shaw if you're quoting too short it's okay to go for it. You don't want to misquote him. No, sir. You know how old I really am? I don't even want to tell you the age. I'm not going to give you a number. I'm just going to explain. I was invited on a bachelor party weekend and it created a sense of terror. Like absolute terror. Do I have enough Advil? Can I be away from the girls? Is there a chance I'll have any healthy meals? Will I be able to sleep? Are we going hard in the paint past our bedtimes? Fellas, what are we doing? 
But as we got closer and closer to it, Beach House and Dillon Beach, I was getting pumped. Super excited. Here we go. I got one more in me. My last friend who's getting married, I got one more bachelor party weekend in me. And when I arrived, I put on a patch. The patch was full of vitamins to replenish me if I over-imbibed. And I wasn't even planning to. I wasn't even planning to, but my tolerance is so low because I'm soft and I'm a lightweight these days. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try this patch. They're these hangover patches where you just put one on your back one hour before your first drink. If you know you're going after it, if you know you're going to have one of those nights, you put the patch on. And right when I arrived, I'm like, oh my God, who am I? Putting a patch on? I did it publicly. I wanted the other guys to see. Here's how old I am. My toiletry bag is overflowing. Is there any way I could get some white noise in my room? Do you know if these comforters have been washed? I mean, I wasn't that delicate. And the patch doesn't work, by the way. It doesn't work at all. But it was an incredible time. Because everybody had matured. I've been going on these bachelor parties since I was like in my early 20s. I used to have friends getting married and we were too immature for that shit. Just getting gracie, completely gracie, destroying our insides and outsides for many hours at a time and wondering, is the damage permanent? No, it always subsides. But on this one, there was no damage. What did we do? There were no strippers to answer your next question. No drugs, of course. There were walks on the beach. There were gourmet meals where we all cooked in the kitchen. And talked about our favorite ingredients and recipes. We talked about philosophy. We talked about social issues. We talked about our families and fatherhood and parenting and love. Oh, we talked about the arts and we played music. And we watched the sunset and sipped on fine wine and homemade guac. And had the kind of laughs that I barely even remembered. I mean, that's not a depressing comment, but when you immerse yourself in a full schedule of adulthood there's not that many like big laugh attacks throughout the day but it, when it's just you and some of your favorite guys that you grew up with and the laughs come back you're like oh yeah it hurts oh yeah we cry we spit out our drinks and all these things i forgot about because i hadn't done a guy's weekend in six years over six years my daughter's six she'll be six in a week and what that means is i've never spent a night away from her and i realize it's kind of healthy to do i mean it's hard when you like to be in their rhythm every night for bedtime and reading books and teeth brushing and previewing the next day. I mean, we all know, like Seinfeld said, the modern day parents were a little much. We're a little much. But to get into that mindset of, you know something? Daddy's going to be back in a couple of days and daddy's going to probably lapse back. Didn't lapse back too hard into any sophomoric buffoonery. It was kind of nice to measure. I mean, these are the same folks that I've known for so many years. It's kind of nice to measure progress. Hey, look, we all matured. We're all still okay on Sunday. No one lost anything. No one lost their dignity on the strip. Great. We did it. Like, let's celebrate. We did it. We can now go back to our families without guilt, without shame. Oh my God. What a feeling. I mean, still sluggish. We're not choir boys. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We still know how to mix up a nice Manhattan. But shit, it's really one of the major ways you can measure where you are in life. What's your party approach? Do you bring a patch? Yeah, there's no drinking games anymore. There's no King's Cup. There's no beer pong. It's just, oh yeah, that's a Sangiovese. 
That's nice, yeah. It's one of my favorite varietals. Italian. Yeah, less sulfites. I like that. Less sugary than some of the pinots coming out of Sonoma lately. Hold on, let me try that. Velvety, peppery, low tannins. I like that. I like that. Just describing every bite. Hey, how'd you season those sweet potatoes, yeah? Oh, they're just terrific. Is this a homemade dressing? Is this a homemade salad dressing? I can taste that balsamic. Very nice, very nice. I don't know if we're sophisticated or just boring as shit, but either way, it was fab. And it was needed because shit is heavy right now. I mean, try. Try to survive 10 minutes of the news. Try. Put on anything, any news you like. It could be CNN. It could be Fox. It could be CBS, ABC, NBC. Just try to survive 10 minutes of that. And then check your pulse. And then measure how you feel about humanity. And then are you hopeful or are you just like, enough, enough. You got to tap out. Okay, next channel. Got to watch a game. Watch a game, play a game, get away. What a privilege though, right? To be able to get away from the news. Some people are living the news. And here I am talking about getting away from the news. Some people are living the fucking news. Those are real humans. What is this, privilege guilt? That I live in a safe area. I'm not worried about invasion. Today, tomorrow, or the next day. But all that news, it's just so heavy. I mean, like, you gotta step away. And actually... One of my co-teachers, we were having a rally. I still go to rallies. I still go to high school for a living. One of the teachers was like, would y'all be interested in a flash mob? And I was like, um, God, yes. Like at the height of all the news stories from Israel to the Ukraine to a lot of Trump and a lot of Biden and a lot of Biden and a lot of Trump, you know, it's coming back. It's just going to happen again. The rerun that nobody really needs that level of stress but we're gonna get it again and then this teacher who set it up she's a new teacher she was like if no one's into it that's all good and like 20 teachers showed up that's a lot that's a lot of teachers ages i don't know like 25 all the way to teachers in their 60s were like yes we're down to learn some choreography and do a flash mob at a rally at the bell game rally and we all showed up for like numerous rehearsals like teachers hiding from the students to rehearse choreography to a Mamma Mia song, an ABBA song. And then we did it. And I was like, you know something that was needed because it's too easy to just get so consumed with all of the brutal headlines lately. So there it is. Get in where you fit and get into a flash mob. And we did damn well. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It was almost weird how good we were. And it sounds like I'm bragging, right? But that's part of getting where you fit in. You got to admit what you're good at. I'm good at flash mobs. Who knew? I'm good at understanding choreography and how to do my part and collaborate with the other dancers and also make it look like, what? That's how all flash mobs start. You just say, what? What are we doing? Who's doing it? Huh? You look unassuming. And then, boom, you hit it. You hit your mark and you know when to slide. You know when to plie. You know when to put your hands in the air. And then, after a couple minutes, you check something off your bucket list. It was on my, Is that weird? A flash mob was on my bucket list? What's on your bucket list? Bucket list used to be full of, like, thrill-seeking activities. Skydiving. I want to go hang gliding. I want to go bungee jumping. And now it's, I want to have dinner at the French Laundry. And I want to have less stains on my laundry. And I want to teach my kids how to fold their own laundry. These are just bucket list things, folks. AG, lean into it. Lean into it. Stop resisting. No one gives a shit about your clicks. 
that's the saddest stuff when you still see people and you know their sense of joy is coming from the amount of clicks that they can accumulate on a post that they probably stole an idea from it's just i mean i was reading i here's why i'm done with social media and i know i've probably said that a lot but I actually went so deep into this one. There was just some stranger. I don't know. It was like an ad, but I didn't know it was an ad. And this guy was like, you can eat spaghetti and you can eat pizza and you can eat hot dogs and you don't even need the treadmill. And he was so ripped. He had a six pack. He was so buff. He was shredded, just big muscles. And I'm just watching this video on Instagram. And he's like, you could do what you want. Every other thing you've ever heard about nutrition and dieting, it is a myth. And I'm like, I'm still listening. I'm still listening. And he never got to it after five minutes. After five minutes, he just kept telling me what I can do. You can just sit in front of your fridge and drink a pint of ice cream. You could drink as much alcohol as you want and deep fried foods and look like this. And he kept saying, and look like this. Are you in your 40s? You could look like this. I'm like, you're talking to me. Maybe they know how I click around on nutrition stuff on the World Wide Web. So this is the Instagram video for me. And it went nowhere for five minutes. And I saw that he had thousands of likes and a bunch of comments. And I'm like, I don't have the time or energy. Like, what, what would I do? Buy your program? What is your program? I'm allowed to do everything. And then what do we do at the end? Just take steroids? So done. I'm done. Not just with that. I was like muting so many people. I'm muting you and I'm muting you and I'm unfollowing you. And I, what am I doing? Muting you and I'm unfollowing you and I'm muting you and you're annoying. So I'm muting you and I'm unfollowing you and I'm muting. What the fuck? What, what am I doing? How about just put the device in your pocket and you don't have to mute anyone. You don't have to just press. I'm going to your profile and I'm going to scroll down and mute your posts. I'm going to mute your stuff. What the f- What do we even care Put the device in your pocket. You look at the world. You look at the world around you and you return. So I'm da 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 done done done. Am I a broken record? A lot of people are broken record. Is quitting social media like pushing over a vending machine? You don't just walk up to a vending machine and push it over. You got to rock it. Back and forth. And back and forth. They say that's how breakups are as well. When you break up with someone, you don't just say, you're dumped. And the person goes, dumped, received. And then you go your separate ways. A breakup. Like most people have had a real breakup. A real heartbreaking breakup. You got to slowly rock the vending machine back and forth and back and forth. And maybe we could work on this. You know who you are. If you're in a relationship that's going to end one day, you know it, but you still got to go through the dance of maybe we'll change this and maybe we'll just have a baby or maybe we'll get a dog or maybe we'll move to a new city or maybe we'll start doing a tanning bed and be more attractive to each other because we're so pasty white. Or maybe we'll go back to the place we fell in love at a Sugar Ray concert and he's still touring apparently because my friend Jason Pugh told me that he's still touring and that's absolutely crazy that people still go see Sugar Ray live in concert. And then you can mute him and just unfollow that. Mute. You're muted. What are we doing? I want it all to go away. I know that's just a big fantasy, but could you imagine... Could you just imagine if tomorrow all the platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like they just stopped? Would our world be a better place? Oh my God, yeah. I know some other evil. Actually, that's a little extreme to call them evil, but I know some other evil, I'll stay with that word, would pop up in its place. But just the amount of misinformation, the amount of prop. Propaganda, the amount of people receiving their news from uncredible sources. Maybe that's how it's always been, though. I don't want to ever say, like, in the good old days of yellow journalism, we're talking Spanish-American War today, when William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer were starting to sensationalize the headlines and tell the reporters, let's print it. We don't have any proof, but let's print it. Create panic in America. It's always happened, right? Just the social media form is quicker, and more people consuming it at once 
with less articles, just headlines, but it's always been the case. I mean, this idea of fake news, a lot of young people think some of the new topics are new, like police brutality. Oh, it's new because more of it is caught on tape. Not true at all. It's actually been a part of the fabric of America probably forever or the world. But so many things now it's caught on tape and now it's more of a topic being discussed in politics. A lot of people think this shit is new. No, fake news, police brutality, all these discussions we have about gun control and abortion and immigration. None of it's new. It's the same old topics. It's just more and more people with their misinformed perspectives, or maybe informed enough, I don't know. I'm not here to be that cynical and label everyone so misinformed. Maybe I'm misinformed. Maybe this whole podcast is misinformed. But Too Short's not. And if that's my source, if I'm still quoting Too Short, when Stephanie wanted to have sex with me, that's the perfect rhyme. Does it even totally rhyme? I don't know. But who are we to call Too Short out? If he's my source of wisdom, then I'm smart. Okay, at least I told you who my source is. It's not just some anonymous bullshit I read on Instagram and I'm spewing into the microphone for episode 224. Here's a real question. Do people with BO know they have BO? Do they smell their own BO? We all know people who have that BO. There's one smell. BO is one smell. It's one undeniable, is it onions wrapped in a diaper, deep fried and then thrown into a dumpster? I don't know how to describe it. It's like soft but it's intense. You know that smell? How would you actually use words to describe B-O, okay? When it hits you, you can't identify it, but you know it's around. You know, if you're in a group and it's around, you just want to run to a different corner, you know, find a window. It hits me so hard that I do get nauseous, but I need to know, is that person, and this isn't to be offensive, this is an actual question, is that person aware? That's all I'm asking. Does that person know that they have B-O? There's only two ways of looking at it. Number one, yes, they do. And they're okay with it because the smell doesn't hit them. It's like someone once told me uh, asparagus makes your pee smell, but there's only a certain percentage of people that could actually smell that. Like only a certain percentage of people have the nose capabilities to smell that stinky pee after asparagus. Is that also people with BO, they don't know it, or it just wafts into their face and it hits them in a different way where they're like, fine. It doesn't smell like onions in a diaper, deep fried and thrown into a dumpster. It doesn't smell like that to them. It smells fine. It almost probably smells good. Is that, are we solving it right now? People with BO, it's not like they would just select, yes, body odor, please. I would like body odor and then go into society. These are people that probably bathe, I'm guessing, right? They probably do. It's just something that's stronger. It's stronger than them. I don't know if this is similar to halitosis. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I know that's a real thing. And for people with that, there's probably things they could do for that. But do they know? Like, can you smell your own breath? Is there any mechanism to smell your own breath or to smell your own? I mean, you could smell your pits if you want to smell your pits. You know, you just put your head. You just kind of duck your head like an ostrich into your own body. Give one of those. And if you're giving it one of those and you're like, oh, God. Like, I can tell. Actually, here's the, here's the perfect proof. I can tell. I've had it. I mean, we've had it. I'm deodorizing like a madman these days. I'm showering a lot. Okay, I shower nine times at night. No, it's not true. But it's an actual question. If you have BO, do you know you have it? And if you have it and you're okay with it, I think that's the subtlest and smallest form of terrorism that probably exists. Oh, we don't want to make terrorism jokes these days, so I want to backtrack and I'll make a retraction. Actually, let's do an unofficial apology. Earlier tonight, I made a joke about terrorism on my podcast. I'd like to apologize for all those affected by my joke. So BO, knowingly having BO and going into a public area and then just lifting your arms up above your head and going, come on. I don't know why you have to scream. There's no reason for that. 
that's not terrorism, okay? That's not. But what is it? What's a what's a better word? I don't even want a synonym, but just a different word. Um, it's reckless. It's certainly reckless, and it's okay. That's a solvable one. That's why none of this is offensive. If you're offended right now, how is he going so deep into be? It's not. It's solvable. It's okay. Everyone's gonna be fine. Okay, we're all gonna be fine. Let's not be overly sensitive with the topics tonight. Let's just talk. Can we just talk? Let's just talk. Let's all just talk. I think I'll end with this. Um, music is not that good. Like all of music, all of music in the history of music, it's not that good. And I'm talking to all the teens that constantly have AirPods or earbuds in or headphones and it's 24 hours a day. And the students that push back on teachers because they're like, I can still hear you. I can still focus. It's not just in class. It's athletes on the field always have an AirPod or an earbud in or headphones at the gym. As you drive, as you walk, there has to be a pause. There has to be a pause so you go back to appreciating it. So I'd say, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. 90% of my students, when they walk into the classroom, are listening to music. It's the norm. Now it sounds nice, right? Oh, this is the soundtrack to their life. Are they listening to classical? Is it Vivaldi? Are they listening to Beethoven? Of course not. Uh, it's probably loud commotion, rhymeless rap. So one of my favorite students, I asked him, Sebastian, I said, hey, what are you listening to right now? And he just said rap. And I said, okay, tell me who. And he couldn't. I said, you're currently listening to a song right now. Who are you listening to? He didn't know. He just said rap. And they just have these playlists. You know, they go to Algorithm Radio where they type in rap. And then they just listen to a bunch of songs. So, I mean, gone are the days of really loving a full album. And maybe gone are the days of really loving an artist if you're just into the playlists. I mean, I know certain artists have big followings. The Taylor Swifts and the Kendrick Lamars. But I think there's a lot. of. Here's my study. Here's my anthropologist study. I think a lot of these kids are not really into it it just looks good or it's become their norm to just constantly have music and without it without it they can't handle the silence the emptiness whereas we all know i mean we, we should know silence is healthy it's beautiful it's so needed i mean some of these kids are actually staying with the music as they sleep they've told me that they don't stop like they look at their phones, I say, how long have you listened to music? And they go, 12 straight hours. Music. It's not that good. Music is not that good. I mean, it's good when you're in the mood to listen to music, but not if it's only music in your ears, in your head at all times. You have to adjust and understand that that's not how life works. That's not how life sounds. I think it's distorting brains. Oh, he's ranting. And I'm going to keep going into this. There was an assembly at the school I work at today from a flash mob to an assembly. And it was two African-American men who were falsely accused of crimes 20 years ago. And they served a lot of time behind bars. And now they're exonerees. And they have an organization where they speak to schools about their experience. Almost a wake-up call to the criminal justice system and some of the flaws. And I thought it was powerful. How did I know that? You had about 300 teens who were not on their phones and actually listening, attentive. You could hear a pin drop in the performance hall today. And it was wonderful. There was a student named Zoe who actually organized this. What an incredible experience. It was much better than anything I could have taught today. So to listen to these two guys and they talk about their whole experience. They talk about the process. They talk about life in prison. 
mental health, physical health, fear, danger, violence, coming from the inner city, how common this is to be accused of crimes you didn't do and serve time for something you didn't do and how sad is this? And they even said, in prison, the light in your cell never goes off because they always have to see what we're doing. And he said, one of the weirdest things was when I got out to go home and be able to turn off the lights to go to sleep, the guy said, I panicked. Because reassimilating into normalcy when it's not your normal mode for so long, it creates a jolt to the system that is unhealthy at first. It was panic. He said, when I went to the store and I saw 60 varieties of chips for the first time, he goes, in prison, there were just a couple of bags of chips. That's all you get. And some people will take your chips. Like there are no freedoms anymore. And to be back in society, it was tough to reassimilate into that healthier world. And I'm equating that to music, constant music, get acquainted with silence again. I don't know if I like the parallel, but I'm happy I talked about the exonerees. And it makes me once again have that privileged guilt where you're like, damn, didn't happen to me. One of the guys is like, I went to prison when I had a one-year-old for a crime I didn't do. And I served 16 years. I got out and he was 17. My son was 17. I was like, um, let's all cry. How depressing could anything possibly be? But the message was these guys are not full of hate. Instead, they just want to teach others. You talk about people with good hearts. They just want to teach others about their story, what to look for, what to try to avoid, how to understand every moment can have a consequence. Try to understand the people you keep around you. My God, it was valuable. It was good. I'm happy that happened at the school. I think these guys should be at every high school at least once. The Exonerees program out of Detroit, Michigan. All right, that's it. Um, Leave a nice rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the week and into the Thanksgiving week next week. Oh boy, we're doing it. We're living life. I think I hear rain on the roof, so I'm about to just slip into bed and read a memoir and enjoy some comfort. You could tell I'm going, oh, I took the melatonin before the episode. It's kicking in, folks. The melatonin's kicking in, so I'm going to say episode 224 is in the books. I'll talk to you soon.